Hello, Crossroads family and guests. We are so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. We want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out Pastor Lee's blog at pastorlee.net. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope that the message today would inspire and encourage you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. Hey, amen. Raise the hallelujah. How's everyone doing today? That's good. That's good. I want to jump right in today. I want to jump right into the scripture. Ezekiel 36, 24, 27. It says, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. Everyone say new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and you move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Many people are struggling. Many people are hurting. Many people are broken. Cyber Recovery is a place where you can come and work with like-minded individuals who are struggling with similar hurts, habits, and hang-ups that you're struggling with. Okay? It's important because we cannot do this alone. We are called to work together. We are called to be in community together. We are called to fellowship with each other. And sober recovery is a place, and a lot of people are afraid to come to it because of the word recovery, and they think it's only for drug addicts and alcoholics, but it's for more than that. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about sober recovery just for a minute, but I really want to focus on a new heart and a new spirit. Amen? The Bible says that we're called to have a new heart and a new spirit. So this program, sober recovery, has changed thousands of people's lives. It has changed countless of people's lives due to the way that it's laid out. It is a biblically based, everybody say biblically based, 12-step program that focuses on your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups. And I know for me, I have some hurts. I have some habits, and I have hang-ups. And I need to express those with other like-minded individuals and other like-minded believers. Since we started this program, we've had 21 uh, nights, 21 meetings. I've seen two marriages restored. We've seen two people get baptized. We've seen, you can praise the Lord for that. That's good, right? Get excited for the Lord. We've seen chains broken. We've seen lives transformed. People smile. People are happy. People are content. People are peaceful. And lives have been changed through this program, Summer Recovery. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started. So if you struggle with anything, not just addiction, but if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with greed, if you struggle with porn, if you struggle with codependency, if you struggle with divorce, you went through a divorce, right? You're struggling with depression. You're struggling with anything at all. This is a program that is here for you. And it will help you develop that new heart and that new spirit. It's based on the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter five. And it's very biblically based. And, it's, and how it works is you come in, we do a little introduction, we do some prayer. Come into this sanctuary right in here, in this place. It's awesome. You come in, we do a little introduction, some prayer. We do two worship songs, uh, lyric videos. And then from there, we jump into a, a short offering. We jump into a message or a testimony. One or the other, a message or a testimony. It rotates every other week. I bring in outside guests to share their testimony. Or somebody from the leaders or someone from the group shares their testimony. It's very powerful because like what Greg said in the video, everybody can relate to somebody else's testimony. And then we break up into groups. 
We break off into small groups. So the, the ladies, the females go in the back of the room in the sanctuary and the males, we go out in the foyer and we have open share time for five minutes. Everyone gets five minutes just to share what the message spoke to them. What, what, what hurts they're struggling with, what habits they're going through. We're here to help each other and support each other. We're not here to fix each other. Amen. I can't fix you. We can't fix each other, but we can support each other. And when we go through these hurts, these habits, these struggles, we need to go through them together and not go through them alone. Um, I believe many Christians are, are saved. I believe many Christians are saved and many Christians are operating, uh, being full of the Holy Spirit, but we're missing out on the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me say it again. I believe many Christians are filled with the Holy Spirit, but we're not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is that we're saved. We're going to heaven. We've taken the first step. We've said the sinner's prayer. We have a relationship with Jesus. We're saved. And one day we're going to go to heaven, but we're not living the best life that we could be living now. God calls us, John 10, 10 says, we're called to a life of abundance, a life to the full. And we're called to live this life of abundance through the scriptures and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of us, uh, and I know for me, I lived this way for a long time. I didn't live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I was just going through the motions. I was lukewarm. Revelations 3.15, it says that, that you're lukewarm, right? I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And I was just going through the motions. We are called to live our best life here and now. We're not just on some boat. N.T. Rice said, we're not just on some boat trying to go through the motions just to get to heaven, but we're supposed to bring heaven where? We're supposed to bring heaven here. We're supposed to bring heaven here, and we're called to be a passionate people. Everyone say passionate. Say it with some passion, passionate people. There we go. We're supposed to be a passionate people. That's what we're called to be. And some of us and some of the people watching online and some of the people in the church universal aren't experiencing the fullness of the peace that transcends understanding, the fullness and the full measure of Jesus Christ because we're missing out on the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about passion. This word passion also means enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm comes from two words and two Greek words, and and theos, in God. So what that means is if I'm enthusiastic, I am in God. I am passionate because I'm in God. My passion comes from the Lord. That's where I get my passion from. I get it from the Lord. It's not something that I can dwell up and get in my own self, but it's something that I get from the Lord and it's something that's given to me. It literally means full of God. So today I want to look at how we get full of God. So we're operating in the power of God. The Lord, one thing that Pastor Lee has taught me in my ministry is the Lord always wants more for us. The Bible teaches us he wants more, more blessings, more abundance, more prosperity. He wants more for you. He wants more for your life. He has a plan for you. It's a plan to prosper you, not just with money, but with peace. Like he talked about last week, shalom, a peace that transcends understanding. And some of us aren't experiencing that peace. And it's evident in the way we live our lives. It's evident in our works. It's evident in our fruit. It's evident in how we are operating. We're saved. Don't get me twisted. We're saved. We're going to go to heaven, but we're not experiencing the fullness of Jesus Christ and the fullness of the word today and now here in this place, in this kingdom, in, in, in here. We're missing it. We're missing the mark. We're missing the mark. The Bible says no eye has seen, no ear has heard, the mind can conceive the plans that the Lord has for you. And unfortunately, some of us are missing it. We're spiritually dead. Our hearts are stone. Our hearts are stone. And we need to come alive. I love that Pastor Zach picked that song alive today, right? We need to come alive. Today is the day that we need to come alive. 
Today is the day that we need to be changed and transformed. Today is the day that we need to be renewed. Today is the day that we need to make a shift. We need to shift our focus and we need to change what we're doing. I want to jump into the scripture here today, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. It's, it's a long scripture, but it has a lot of good context and has a lot of good lessons. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover your skin. I will put breath, everyone say breath, in, your, in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and bones came together. I get excited when I read this scripture. Bone to bone, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. Tendons, flesh, bones, but no breath. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and entered them breath. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I have spoken the Lord and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is a pretty famous scripture. We've probably mostly, most of us have heard that scripture. I want to take it from a little different perspective today. I want to take it from the perspective of a new heart, a new spirit and passion and passion. I want to explain the context here so that the, the Ezekiel tells us in there that he's referring to the people of Israel. They have been captive. They've been taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar and the Assyrians. They have been taken. They are in a foreign land. They are not uh, be able to do all the things that they would want to do. And some of it is because, and most of it is because they're adulterous. They're idols. He describes them as an adulterous woman, as a cut-off vine in the text. And, he, and, and, and they're not living their life to the full. But then in Ezekiel 37, the, 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 the content changes to restoration and hope. And so in all of Ezekiel, he's talking about all these bad things and these judgments. And then he's talking about hope, restoration and hope. And the valley, I want you to, I want you to think for a second about a valley. What's a valley? A valley is a depression. Right Between two mountains, you have a valley, in that valley. And he's looking out in, in the spirit of the Lord into this valley. And he sees these bones. And they're dry. And they use, a, I believe it's an adverb, the word very, to describe them. Very dry. Very dry bones. And when I think about very dry bones, I think about death and I think about decay. I think about 
the heat has has beat on these dry bones. The sand and the wind has dried them out. There's no tendons. There's no flesh. There's nothing left. They're spiritually dead. And then the scripture goes on and it says that he prophesied to the bones and they, they tendons and a rattling sound. Bones started coming together. You guys remember that song? The hip bones connected to the leg bone, right? That song? No one, anybody? That song? I remember it. That There we go. That's a good song, right? I always want to say the hip bones connected to the neck bone, which makes no sense. But anyway, uh, the, the, the bones started connecting and they were rattling. And then the flesh came on them, but we're missing an important part. They were missing the breath. They were missing the spirit of God, the ruach. If you look back in Genesis, what made the man come to life? The breath, the spirit, right? The spirit. These bones are described as very dry. And, and, and when I think of a pit, I think of a valley, I think of a pit, I think about depression, I think about anxiety. Have you ever been to a place where you are in the valley and everything is, feels lost? I mean, hope is lost. You're cut off. Like the Israelites. I mean, you may have lost your job. You may be going through divorce. You may have went through a pandemic. All these different things can happen. You could be addicted. You could have been arrested. All these different things happen and we're in the valley. And I want to submit to you today that the message that Ezekiel proclaimed to the Israelites applies to us. It applies to us because some of us are in the valley. Some of us need a new heart. We need to be remade. We need to become a new creation, right? Because we have the Holy Spirit, we're filled with it, but we're not operating the power that the Holy Spirit is. Ezekiel 36, 26, remember this promise. It says this, it says, I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and it will give you a heart of flesh. This is the promise. In the valley, he will, he will remove the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. He will remove our old spirit and give us a new spirit. This is the promise. Do you believe in the promise today? Do you believe in the promise today? Amen. That is the promise that he will do that. That he will remove from us. So how do we get that promise? How do we fulfill that promise? I want to submit to you that it's hard when we're operating in dysfunction, we're operating in sin, when we're operating in not the life that God has called us to. We're not operating to, in, in the life of the full, the life of abundance, the life of peace, of prosperity, of shalom. We're not operating in that. We're operating in dysfunction. It's harder to take hold of that. So what does Peter tell us? In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38, Peter says very simply, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I believe that we need to repent. I know that seems like a, a dirty word sometimes. We say that as like a dirty word, right? It's like a bad thing. I'm going to tell you today that repenting is a blessing. You get to repent. Pastor Lee preached last week, the wages of sin are what? Death. We get to repent of our sin. So if I'm walking to, to, to a cliff, right, and I'm about to walk off the cliff, I'm going to stop, repent, turn around to live. When I repent, I come alive. I'm given the Holy Spirit and I come alive. We need to come alive. We think of this as a bad word sometimes. And as Christians, sometimes we think of sin as just these huge things. Murder. The thou shall nots. Murder. Right? Killing. Rape, we think of those as the big, things, big sins and we think that's all we do. But let me tell you this, we're all guilty of certain other sins like pride. We're all guilty of lust as humans. We're guilty of jealousy. We're guilty of 
discord, rage. We're guilty of slander, revenge. And where does that come from? It comes from us operating in the flesh. It comes from our sinful nature that we're born with. Let me give you an example. Driving down the road, someone cuts me off in traffic. What do I want to do? Immediately, I want to revenge. I want to chase them down, rip them out of the car, right? Immediately, that's what happens. Or throw things at them or give them the funny finger, whatever that looks like. I want to do something evil, right? That just stirs out of me. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose to react that way. It just happens. And I have to operate in the spirit and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to counteract that. Does that make sense? I have to counteract that initial sinful nature that's in me, that, I, that is through me, so I can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I have this sinful nature, this flesh that's contrary to the Holy Spirit, and I have to crucify it. Galatians says this. It says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what do we have to do? We have to operate in the Spirit. We have to receive more of Jesus, be more in his presence, be more in the power of the Holy Spirit, operate in the power. How do I do that? I do that one way is by my passion. I do that by my enthusiasm. I do that by the way I carry myself. We're, see, we're, we're passionate about a lot of things. We're passionate about sports. We're quick to be super passionate and yell at the TV and be passionate about sports, right? I'm going to be yelling today at the Bills when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, amen? I'm going to be yelling today at the, at the TV. I'm passionate about that. But how passionate am I about Jesus? How passionate am I about this life of sanctification and this eternal life? How passionate am I about the kingdom of God, right? The more passionate that I am, the more power I receive. The more passionate I am, what, what made the bones come alive? Remember, in the scripture, what made the bones come alive, it was the breath. It was the spirit, That's what makes us come alive. That's what makes us passionate. It's the breath. It's the spirit. The spirit in the Ruach, right? We need the Holy Spirit in us and through us, not just filling us. We need to operate in the power of the spirit to usher in the kingdom of heaven here and now to live the life of abundance and life to the full that we're called to live. We're missing it. We're not having the experience. The church, if the church was the church and did what it was supposed to do, it would be an amazing thing. But we're missing out on the power of the spirit that is in us. It's supernatural. I want to say supernatural. Come on, say it with your chest out. Supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. The more I am like Christ, the more power that I receive. We need to devote our lives to the love of Jesus Christ, our hearts, our souls, our minds, and we must be changed and we must be transformed and we must be sanctified. We must be set apart, right? So how do I do that? The scripture teaches us in Galatians 5, 22, it says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. This part's important here. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. When I provoke and I envy and I become conceited, I miss out on the fruit of the Spirit. I miss out on love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, forbearance, gentleness, self-control. It says walk in step. That's a, 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 a military term. Walking in step. When we're in the military, we march Hut, help, three, right? We march in cadence. And we're called there to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. I'm called to walk with the Holy Spirit in cadence. When he steps, 
I step. When he backs up, I back up. Where he goes, I go. We walk in step with the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just filled with it, but in the power. And how do we show our passion? It's not just being loud, right? I know I'm very loud, and, and someone called me Mr. T yesterday. I thought it was funny, right? They referred to me as Mr. T. They're probably watching. <laughs> oh, you guys think it's funny too, huh? Okay. Okay. But, but. That's not what it's about. I don't want you to misconstrue. It's not just being about loud and being, but it's about loving people the best way that you can love them. That's passion. Loving Jesus with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind is passion. Displaying self-discipline is passion. Self-control, not chasing down the car driver that, that, that cuts us off in traffic or whatever it looks like. Not getting angry at our spouse, not getting upset. Generating self-control, that's passion. Goodness. Is passion. Not being conceited and thinking that I'm holier than thou is passion. We gotta humble ourselves. That's passion. Those are all things that are passion. Enthusiasm in God. How do I get it? I fill myself with the power of the Holy Spirit and then I am passionate when I operate and I walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And so what I'm talking about here is the difference between a pure heart and mature character. And I just wanna talk about this just for a second. I know I'm, I'm going long here. But a pure heart can be given to you in an instant, right? When you receive initial sanctification, you receive a pure heart, an instant. You no longer desire to sin. I know you still have a sinful nature. You still will sin, but I don't want to do it anymore. There's a difference between willingly sinning, knowing it's wrong, and then sinning and coming from the sinful nature. The anger that just, it comes out of me like vomit. And once you get vomit out, it doesn't come back, right? There's a difference between that and then what's called a mature character, which needs to be developed. You grow in the grace. You grow in the spiritual disciplines. You grow in the sacraments. You grow in love in Jesus. And you grow in passion. You grow in passion. So pure heart can give you in an instant. Mature character takes a little bit of time. It's something I have to work at. I have to deliberately and intentionally seek the power of the Holy Spirit. I have to seek after loving Jesus with all my heart, with all my soul and all my mind. I have to seek after the word of the Lord. I have to stay in his presence. I have to tabernacle. I have to dwell with him. I have to be within him. So what I'm saying is Sundays, I can't just come on Sunday and think that's enough. Oh boy. I can't just come on Sunday and think that's enough. I have to walk in the spirit at all times. The Bible says he wants to give you a peace that transcends understanding. And that's at all times. So in the storm, he wants to give us a peace that transcends understanding to transform us. Romans 12, 2 says we'll be changed and transformed by a renewing of our mind so we can test and approve of his perfect, pleasing will. His will for your life is to serve him. His will for your life is to seek him. His will for your life is to be sanctified, to be set apart. That's his will for your life. It says that in 1 Thessalonians 4. It says the will of God is for you to be sanctified. It's for you to be made holy. It's for you to be changed. It's for you to be transformed. Let me tell you this, and this might sting. You're either growing closer to the Lord or you're going further away, but you don't stay still. Let me say it again. You're either growing closer to the Lord or you're going further away. But you don't just sit still and idle. One of those two things is always happening. And to be changed and transformed is to go closer to him. Like Pastor Zach said, it's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. I must chase after the Lord and seek him. And when I seek him, I will be found by him. And he will rescue us from captivity. And he will breathe his breath into us and we will come alive. Amen. We will come alive. We must build our foundation on the word of God, on Jesus Christ. So what are you thinking right now? You might be thinking, well, what about trials? What about temptations? 
What about issues? James talks about that. He says that in this life, we will face trials of many kinds. But he says, consider them pure joy, my friends. He says, consider them pure joy when I face those trials because they build perseverance and perseverance builds character, mature character. Amen. That's what we're striving for. Holiness, Christ-like perfection, moving forward, moving forward in Christ, moving forward in him. We need to have more passion. The word passion, it literally means zeal, ardent, fervor. So I need to love passionately. Our core values here at this church are worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. The word eager is used in the text. The word eager is used. I should be eager to serve. Right? We should be eager to serve. If I'm passionate and enthusiastic, I'm going to be eager to serve. I'm going to find a place, and I'm going to get plugged in. I'm going to serve. I'm going to find something to do. I'm going to find an opportunity. I'm going to look for a place to go, right? I'm going to find something to do. I'm going to make my presence known to live the best life that I can live, to live the life to the full, the life of abundance. We need to be built by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So my question for you today is, as you reflect on this message and as you, you, we continue in worship, are you living the life of abundance that Christ has called you to? And are you operating in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you walking in step with the Spirit? Are you passionate about loving other people? Are you passionate about serving? Are you enthusiastic about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Are you bold in your witness? Are you bold in your testimony? Are you bold in sharing this good news of the gospel? Reflect on that this week. Get into the word. Go to a lifeline. Go to a celebrated recovery. Fellowship with other believers. Get with other people who think like you. Develop a community and walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Not just be filled, but in the supernatural power that Christ has called us to. Does that make sense? Amen. Stand up with me. It's his breath. It's his breath. It's his spirit. It's his breath. His ruach. That's what we need. We need more of his spirit. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this time and the word you put on my heart. Lord, I pray that we would be a passionate people. That we would have zeal and ardor, and we'd be eager to serve, to worship, and to share truth. Lord, I pray today in this place that this message has, has through the power of the Holy Spirit, has convicted somebody to, to make a change in their life, Lord. A transformation must take place. We must be transformed. We must be changed. I ask you to help us today, Lord. Help us walk in step with the power of the Holy Spirit. Breathe on us today. Breathe on us today, Lord, a new spirit and a new heart. And fill us today so we can operate in your power. Not for our good, but for your glory. To give you praise and to honor and worship you. We thank you and we praise you. And everyone said together, amen. 
Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.